Welcome to The Gender Rebels, a question and answer podcast that explores life outside the gender binary. I'm Kath, a cis woman and ally. And I'm Faith, a trans woman. Special thank you to all our Patreon supporters. Hey everyone, I'm Kath. And I'm Faith. Faith, we have a question from a listener. We do. This is from Kai. Okay, thanks Kai for sending in your question. Kai asks... Gender Rebels is honestly my favorite podcast and has helped me a lot when trying to figure out my gender and stuff. Aw, Kai, thank you. Good choice. What good taste Kai has. A question I had uh, might be a topic. My boyfriend is very accepting, but has religious parents that don't exactly get me being non-binary. I'm not sure how to explain it to them. And also to people in my family, like my little sister, who's in elementary school, and my grandparents. I was wondering if you could give any advice on how to talk with people about being trans or non-binary who aren't really knowledgeable about anything other than cisgender folks. Kai, great question. It's, I actually feel like transitioning from male to female, female to male, is actually, um, oddly enough, seems easier to explain to people sure because you're still staying within that binary and they know Um, the binary they understand the binary they feel safe in the binary yeah yeah. and uh that's non-binary is like to me seems very clear like and basic like here's these two genders and i don't really fit into either one or i like things from both and it's it's weird because biological sex is a spectrum Mm -hmm. but for the majority of people it is fairly binary Mm -hmm. you know there are you know males and females uh and uh that's true of most species that sexually reproduce and so there is there is a sort of biological basis to that Mm -hmm. um of that notion mm-hmm. that there is male and there is female, and again, biological sex is indeed a spectrum. There are yep. a lot of people, a surprising number, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not really talked about because it's weird and squeaky or whatever and doesn't fit. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, there's normal, happy, amazing people who are uh, biologically neither necessarily male nor female yep. um, who are part of that spectrum and. Leading perfectly wonderful lives. Yeah, and, intersex uh, is a real thing and a fascinating thing. We have an episode on it, and I will link to that in the show notes, mm-hmm. or, or you could Google it. It's uh, it's really interesting. Yeah, and I'll link to the um, I'll link to the SciShow episode as well. Oh yes, uh, biological sex is a spectrum because they get into all the different um, ways it is definitely a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the, for the average, and I, I think human brains are pattern seeking. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like our brains like to cheat. Oh yeah, and so they they want to come up with simple rules to explain things. They like shortcuts. They like assumptions. Yeah, and there's uh that that helps us in a lot of ways, and that hurts us in a lot of ways. Yes. So when when our brains want a shortcut, and we're like, all people of this race are just one person with, uh-huh. <laughs> with one particular attribute, that's bad. Yes. Uh, and our brains, but when our brains are like, if it looks like a tiger. And it's in the thing and it's going to attack me. It's probably a tiger. Or that smells bad. Don't eat it. Yeah. So there's good assumptions our brain makes and there's bad assumptions our brain makes. And again, that's something that's so hardwired into us. You're mm-hmm. the neuroscientist. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's a matter of recognizing what your brain is defaulting to and correcting that with education. So in this yeah. case, the frontal lobe has to be like, hold on there, amygdala, stop <laughs> screaming. That's just a picture of a tiger or yeah. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So so this is not necessarily about threat. This is just about what's most Yeah, familiar. or just the idea of like, yeah, everyone of, everyone of this race is the same. Everyone mm-hmm. of this nationality is just the same person. And uh, those stereotypes can be very, very, very harmful. Mm-hmm. And, but they're... There's something that, yeah, your frontal lobe, the part of your brain that has higher reasoning, has to overcome. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. more information and education and letting your frontal lobe make those decisions and not just going with the amygdala that is the fear mm-hmm. uh, center, our old lizard brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the point is, <laughs> delving into all this neuroanatomy stuff, mm-hmm. but the point is that uh, our brains have kind of come up with this shortcut that mm-hmm. there's biological these biological sexes are male and female and uh these our culture has decided that there are specific behaviors mm-hmm. that go with each of these mm-hmm. uh genders right. uh, genders be or, i'm sorry that go with each of these biological sexes and that societal creation is gender mm-hmm. and it is a hundred percent societal mm-hmm. um there's certain things that are definitely biological to that. Mm-hmm. Um, women having the babies and nursing the babies. This obviously makes sense. Um, but beyond that, like the idea that, you know, men hunt and women gather, like that's there's nothing inherently biological to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, women wear pretty dresses and makeup and men wear suits and ties. Again, there's nothing biological to that that's all society so our brain defaults to this like simple shortcut Mm -hmm. girl one boy one Mm -hmm. (laughs) every person must fit into these two categories and historically people haven't right in a lot of ways and the more you look into history uh i would love to do we really have to research this but i would love to one day do an episode about um all the people in history who are like queer and oh, trans yeah. and absolutely because there's tons of them oh yeah and uh and it's been recorded but it's not talked about because again it's we gotta we gotta save time for the wars and the big things in history class <laughs> can't talk about people um you get to college and they're like we can talk about things other than wars and uh history class by the way. <laughs> uh, you can talk about social movements um maybe that's changed since i was a kid but uh the so yeah that's sort of this easy assumption in our society and that's why i think transitioning from uh a biologically male assigned male kind of situation to a assigned female situation or vice versa makes sense to people Mm because it's like well you're just switching back and forth Mm -hmm. non-binary is is one that's like in a spectrum it's off it's not doesn't fit into those categories so Mm -hmm, it's harder mm -hmm. for people i think Mm -hmm. to wrap their heads around it and it shouldn't be it's like it's i could literally explain what non-binary is in like two sentences kath take a take a crack at it see if you can get it neither male nor female something in between neither or both I think that was three sentences, but we'll let you have No, it. there was a semicolon. Oh, there. there was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that was one sentence. Um, so it's not a complicated 
thing, but we had a uh, nibbling mm-hmm. uh, come out non-binary recently, mm-hmm. and we were visiting your family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like our first post-COVID trip, and your parents are are boomers. Yeah, not in a bad way. Um, you know, like hey, boomer or whatever. <laughs> uh, but your parents are boomers, and I was getting really annoyed that your dad was getting like lazy about about gendering me correctly yeah yeah. my dad gets faith's name right but misgenders her half the time yeah and it was it was getting really annoying and uh he's he's not he's not being mean or anything he's just uh, you know just it's not a habit yet it's not a habit yet yeah when he's distracted by something else that's when he Mm -hmm. will slip up and i was i was getting really kind of bothered by it on this trip and uh but then we had like a big family dinner and then nibbling was there mm-hmm. and there are they them and non-binary mm-hmm. and it was screwing up that <laughs> their pronouns too. And yeah. then, and then oddly enough, that made me feel a little better because <laughs> I'm like, it's not just me. It's, it's, um, it's anyone whose pronouns are different. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's difficulty with learning pronouns, not something inherent to you. So with your parents who were in their 60s, 70s, something like that? Something like that. Yeah. How was it, how did you feel that they reacted to the non-binary, non-binary nibbling? Uh, the same way as when my brother came out and when you came out, um, loving and supportive and confused and, um, you know, having the best intentions, but looking for information and uh, having a few screw ups here and there on their journey to uh to getting it right so that's what i am most happy about is there was no knee-jerk reaction in any of those situations are like nope this isn't real you don't know what you're talking about um time for some horrific psychiatric treatment for you like that was never ever the case the case was always this is my family member who i love and i'm gonna try to figure it out and uh I'm going to have some screw-ups mm-hmm. along the way. Plenty of screw-ups along the way. Your parents are your parents are loving. They're but they're religious. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. are, but they're kind of more a little more liberal. Yeah. Yeah. Christian. Um they're not your fundamentalist evangelical Correct. type people. Now Correct. Kai doesn't say what religion necessarily. Say that um, again? Kai doesn't say necessarily oh. what religion. Oh, religious they're very religious, yes. and uh, so you have a so Kai is basically saying that the in-laws, the boyfriend's parents, whatever, are mm-hmm. very religious, mm-hmm. and they don't exactly get me being um, non-binary. Right. Not sure how to explain it to them. I mean, I think it's sort of you have to say what you feel, and that's kind of how you explain it is just be honest and just say hey look this never worked for me Mm -hmm. i was assigned male i was assigned female and it never felt right Mm -hmm. and and we often talk about saying like what if you were forced to wear a clown costume yes every day and uh you would feel stupid and ridiculous and it wouldn't feel right Mm -hmm. and and you would go about your life trying to succeed despite being in a clown costume every single day. Yeah. And even if everyone else around you is in a clown costume, it still wouldn't feel right. Yeah. For you. And and obviously, Kai, there's you're gonna 
you are going to be the one who can explain this. And you, these are your emotions and your feelings and the thought processes that you've put into this and you've looked at your life and you've looked at society and you've gone, yeah, non-binary is the way to go. This is, this is me. This is what feels right. Yeah. I got it now. And you've gone through the mental exercises, um, you know, to, to, to figure that out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a matter of communicating that to them. Yeah. And Kai, and... you grew up with the exact same biases that our culture has, that everyone is binary. Yeah. You know, they grew up with that and you grew up with that. You are all saturated in this broth of you are either male or female, period. And I don't know, maybe at some point you looked at your assigned gender, you look at the other one and you're like, this, no, no. 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 Like, your dysphoria at yeah. being the assigned gender. Ugh. But that other one looks great. And I'm imagining how much harder it is for non-binary people to look at their gender and feel dysphoric or, or some some level of discomfort. Look at the other gender and kind of try to project your mind out and, okay, maybe I'm that gender. No, same Same problem. It's not yeah. that either. And and just the mental process to getting to the point where you're like, oh, oh, there's something else. Yeah. Oh, there's another way. Oh, that that is it. There it is. Mm-hmm. So that that must have been difficult. Uh must have taken a while. How awesome that you were able to arrive to that and that you do have a supportive partner and I'm hoping supportive family. But yeah, you wanna explain it. You want, you know, loving, supportive confused people to be a little bit less confused and we had an episode earlier where we talked with our non-binary friend avery and uh avery's fun avery's awesome link down below uh we actually have avery on twice the first one was called everything in between and the other was called non-binary talk with avery um and the way they explained it to their family or, or i think i even asked them how would i explain this to my grandma they said uh start with intersex Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit of an esoteric concept. Maybe not everyone is aware of this. So talk about, you know, there are people with Kleinfelter syndrome. There are people with triple X syndrome. There are people with androgen insensitivity. There are not a ton of people, but a sizable chunk of the population who are not male or female in a, in a chromosomal type of way that a, a biologist would categorize. There are other biological genders grandma i am non-binary i'm not saying i'm intersex unless you had a karyotype or you or you have unless you know you are intersex go get a karyotype just because just because it would make things easier for coming out if it turned out you were yeah Yeah. um i'm not intersex but to be non-binary is um sort of the the mind state the cultural state of something in between it is not common but it is not zero there are a lot of intersex people there are a lot of non-binary people we uh the non-binary community are becoming more comfortable and it's safer to come out and ask people to call us they them It'll be tricky, but I believe in you. Do you have any questions? Yeah. 
Um, I think people have an easier time starting from a, a concrete biological concept. Yeah. So if you talk about someone who whose body cannot perceive testosterone, that's androgen insensitivity syndrome, and those people grow up looking very feminine, acting in many cases very feminine, and only, you know, find out they're infertile, you know, if they're trying to have kids. There's a whole world of intersex people and types, and it's really interesting if your grandpa or your little sister are, are sciencey. You can talk about that first and then say, so intersex is sort of mm-hmm. like that, but it's um, it's my gender. It's how I want to be perceived in the world. It's how I want to present in the world. It's how I want people to treat me. And simple as that. Yeah. Simple as complicated. Um, as complicated as that. The uh, Yeah, more people are coming out. I think like more celebrities are coming out non-binary, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that also helps explain things a little easier because mm-hmm. there are real people you're like I mean, when i say real people i mean there's like people that you're that they may have heard of yeah and you can be like hey this actor or this um musician or whoever is um for religious a lot of religions and i don't want to say all religions because i it's that's a broad brush but um a lot of religions like like um uh, Latter-day Saints, Mormons mm-hmm. comes to mind mm-hmm. of like, even heaven is gendered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something like that where there's very specific rules. Um, uh, certain sects of Islam are very, uh, you know, gendered mm-hmm. specific rules. Uh, Judy, like, like Orthodox, Judaism Orthodox Judaism is, yeah. uh, you know, very specific rules for men and women. And uh, so I think in a lot of religions... It can be difficult for for religious people to to kind of wrap their heads around that because they may perceive it as sinful. Mm-hmm. And I think it's I don't know, Kai, if you're if you are religious, but there's a lot of LGBTQ religious people, sure. and and people have managed to um, work that into their faith. And you know, you don't you don't say what religion they are, but it's. It's something where someone of that religion, and it may even be you, but mm. uh, someone of that religion likely is queer. <laughs> and someone who's very devoutly of that religion, you know, is queer. There are queer Muslims. There are queer Jewish people. There are queer Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say search out that group. Mm. Um, you know, there may be... Um, I'm sure like on Facebook or the internet or wherever mm-hmm. you can find like if it's LDS, if it's if it's, you know, Sunni Muslim, whatever it is, you can probably find a group mm-hmm. of even like queer or non-binary folks who are that religion and who who believe um, wholeheartedly in that religion and are also non-binary. Mm-hmm. And I would reach out to them and and see how they reconcile that with their faith. Mm hmm. And when it comes to faith, it's an internal choice that we make. It's it's really, it's, maybe choice is the wrong word. It's an internal feeling that we have. Mm-hmm. And your relationship with the, the numinous higher power, whatever that numinous higher power is, is your relationship. What does numinous mean? Um, numinous is like ethereal. Oh, okay. Uh, Immaterial? Uh, immaterial. 
I don't know. I can, I can, look, up, <laughs> I can look up numinous, uh, mysterious, unknown, or mm. whatever. Um, I'm, now I'm going to have to look it up. Numinous, having a strong religious or spiritual quality, indicating or suggesting the presence of divinity. divinity. Okay, so a divine. So, so you, that religion, religion is a personal choice. And obviously there are religious communities because people exist in communities. Yeah. But ultimately your faith is something internal and it has to be that uh, because you believe and you have faith mm. and that is internal. And... Different religious people have come to different understandings of how they can have that faith and how they can be non-binary, they could be queer, they could be trans or gay, and it it syncs with their faith. Mm-hmm. And it may be that they're like, I've got a relationship with God, and God knows my heart, and God knows that I believe the important parts of this, and... You know, and that that may be charity and and helping others mm-hmm. and, and and loving others, and and that may not be following all these rules mm-hmm. and uh, explicitly as put out in this one book. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, everyone religiously, I think, chooses how they follow, even even really really codified um, religious rules. Uh, they choose how they follow them. I was just reading the excellent book, Becoming Eve, My Journey from Ultra-Orthodox Rabbi to Transgender Woman by Abby, Abby, I think it's Havastein. Mm-hmm. Abby Havastein, Becoming Eve. Definitely check the book out. It's mm. very good. But mm-hmm. uh, she grew up like ultra-Orthodox. Yeah, yeah, in the Hasidic community in Brooklyn. Yeah, and so even like that, where it is super uh, religious community. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't agree. On, you know, she talks about these sects, and mm-hmm. there's different sects of orthodoxy, mm-hmm. even in this you know community of like let's say ten thousand people or however many it is, and there's like forty different sects, each mm-hmm. of which each of whom has like a hundred people, right? Because they have some differing view on uh, you know one one of these particular rules, right? Like uh, what color tights the women wear whether it's uh, nude hose gray tights or black tights or what kind of head covering the women would have whether it's uh, some cloth and sort of a partial wig or just a cloth head covering or what kind of cloth head covering Um, whether the men wear fur hats or not well generally it's after they're married but in this sect maybe a really upstanding young man can wear a fur hat before he's married or the like all of these yeah. details. And I'm just talking about the clothes, you know, the outward presentation. But I think what Faith is saying is that there, there's still little bits of variance in the observe in how you observe yeah. and how you adhere mm-hmm. to those rules. And I think that's just absolutely dynamite advice, really amazing advice of seeking out those 20 or hundred or two thousand Sunni Muslim non-binary people who have some message board online the yeah. the the little group of uh, of loving active supportive LDS non-binary people what were their journeys like what were their thought processes like and what have they done with uh, the texts that they've been given the books that you've all read the uh, how have they, made that work for them how have they interpreted things in a new and interesting way i gotta tell you queer bible study is 
fascinating. It is so, we so interesting. We should link to that uh, that book that we, first time we were in Philadelphia. Yep. I grew up, I grew up hardcore evangelical. And the first time we were in Philadelphia, we uh, attended a um, really interesting talk about uh, queer coding in the Bible. And this is Christian, uh, the Christian uh, Bible, Protestant, really. And uh, it was fascinating. And we'll de- we'll link down to... Um, I just want to find that guy's name. Yeah. He's so, so good. Ah. Austin Hartke. So uh, we saw this great talk about um, like a queer, you know, reading, queer understanding of the Christian Bible by Austin Hartke, author of, I think, the Seeing Myself in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And uh, just for, for a Christian, like that, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, like I remember finding the Gnostic Gospels kind of the b-sides or the deleted (laughs) scenes from the bible but the gnostic gospels like the gospel of timothy definitely informed um the other gospels Mm -hmm. the the canonical gospels uh they quote from the gospel of timothy which is a gnostic gospel and that has like very queer stuff in it Mm -hmm. of like you know i created none of you man nor woman you Mm -hmm. are you are neither man nor woman you are all in between or something like that like that's in the gnostic gospels and that's um you know from a christian perspective so i would say whatever your religion is you can find yeah people have put work into this Mm -hmm. and that may help Mm -hmm. um certainly uh with like you know you don't say how religious they are um but i assume that if you bring it up it's somewhat a stumbling block Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i think that can be a great a great path and i think i think for a kid a 10 year old elementary school kid honestly i feel like they understand this stuff more yeah i mean i would start with intersex for the the 10 year old kid even it's like you know this isn't uh you don't hear about this too too much it's not super common but there are plenty of people this is what intersex is and while i am not intersex as far as i know i am non-binary and it's similar to that in this way and this is how i choose to live my life and present and uh try to call me they them when you can remember yeah and i I think just you're non-binary you're aware you're already patient that's the other thing It's, Mm -hmm. it's just patience with people i think i think even people who are super religious or super conservative i think they can come around yeah over time and you know it's tricky when it's your boyfriend's parents and not your own because you can't like with my own parents i could kind of be like if you don't like it you can take a hike yeah this is you want to have a relationship with me this is the relationship we're having yeah um so obviously with your boyfriend's parents you can't quite you know throw the hammer down like that but uh Maybe your boyfriend can. Maybe your boyfriend wants to. Maybe mm-hmm. your boyfriend can back you up on this. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be probably another great resource is get yeah. your boyfriend involved and, and, you know, make them put in a little effort. And it doesn't have to be, you know, take it or leave it. It can be like, hey, this is someone, you know, this, I'm speaking as your boyfriend. This is someone who is really important to me. This is probably the most important person in my life. And... It's important that you love and accept them for yeah. who they are, just as I have, mm-hmm. and I hope you can. Yeah. And here's some information if you if you need it. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. and I would say you know, 
bring your boyfriends in on on this religious uh exploration you know as you reach out to people um bring your boyfriend in as part of the discussion and mm-hmm. i think that will really help too yeah mm-hmm. i i hope you can send us an update let us know how it's been going let us know how it goes and other non-binary people who are listening or or people who are or in any way not on the binary somehow in some variation of the spectrum write in and let us know how you spelled it out to your family how you spelled it out to little kids how you spelled it out to your boss like this is all really helpful stuff to know yeah all right well cool i hope we helped kai a little bit me too all right all right thanks faith thanks for listening everyone and thank you kai we'll talk to you next time thank you kai for writing in yeah bye If you've enjoyed this episode and want to help us keep making great content, go to patreon.com slash gender rebels. Please leave a five-star review on iTunes and send your questions to questions at genderrebels.com. Music for the Gender Rebels is by Jasper the Colossal. Link down below or download them on iTunes. For all our episodes, visit genderrebels.com. Gender Rebels is a comeback sync production. All rights reserved. To all you gender rebels out there, keep Keep rebelling. rebelling!